Hi everyone, Happy New Year. Wish all of you a wonderful 2023. Welcome to How to Live, a podcast that explores ways to live a good life. I'm your host, Sharad Lal. This is episode 32. The topic for today is forgiveness. Isn't it a great way to start the year by forgiving? By working through and letting go of that grudge we hold so tightly. When we vow not to forgive, it usually does us more harm. The grudge sits inside us as stuck energy, resentment, anger, vengeance. Forgiveness is not only relevant to big fallouts where we stop talking to someone for years. It's equally, if not more relevant, to small hurtful acts in close relationships. These are small that can't topple a relationship, so they don't get too much attention. But with time, they add up, creating bitterness in the closest of relationships. In today's episode, we explore forgiveness. Why is it difficult? Myths related to forgiveness. And how can we get ourselves to forgive? We share a practical tool that I've used for some micro grudges. I found it surprisingly refreshing how just in 30 minutes it shifted my anger to empathy and eventually acceptance. This tool, a simple two-pager, is called radical forgiveness, a term coined by psychologist Colin Tipling. It works well with the smallest of grievances and big fallouts. But before getting into this episode, thank you very much for supporting the podcast all through 2022. Please continue to send us questions and comments, even suggestions for future episodes. We always love to hear from you. You can reach us at sharad.lal at mylifehouse.co. Do consider following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this. If you love the show, please do rate us. Thank you in advance. Back to the episode. Tony came out of the restaurant fuming. He just had a huge showdown with his closest friend. Frantically pacing up and down the street, Tony felt angry, violated, and deeply hurt. He couldn't drive. He was too angry. So many petty things from the past were brought up. Loser kept echoing in his mind. That's what his friend called him. He just couldn't believe it. How could his closest friend insult him so badly? After all those years, today he got to know what his friend truly thinks about him. Tony is never going to forget this, never going to forgive, and never going to talk to his friend again. Some of us experience fallouts as dramatic as Tony. For some, it's a series of bad incidents, while others just disconnect after being hurt. In all these cases, many complex emotions arise within us. We feel trust is broken, ears of love destroyed, and the damage cannot be repaired. At the core of this is what psychologists called the victim archetype. We feel like a victim. We've been wronged. Huge injustice has been done. This victim mentality is at the crux of what makes it so difficult to forgive. However, by not forgiving, the other person may or may not suffer, but we suffer immensely. Any grievance, big or small, sits in us in the form of stuck energy. It's like a box, tightly packed to the brim with hateful emotions, nasty sound bites, and angry images. Thumping on the table, words like loser, hurtful feelings, all this goes into that box. As we move through life, we evolve and move on, but this toxic part remains stuck in time. It keeps harming us. Either we go out digging for it, or the mention of the person or any related trigger brings this to the surface. We then relive all the difficult emotions again. 
As we were researching forgiveness, we realized that this is not only applicable to big fallouts, but forgiveness is also relevant to micro grudges. Hurtful things that are not big enough to break a relationship but cause harm. Like you didn't speak up for me in that important moment. You didn't attend my wedding. You're always nasty to me in front of others. In any long relationship, these unresolved grievances keep adding up. Gradually, bonds that start strong become a little unhealthy. One sure sign of microgrudges impacting relationships is when the past is constantly brought up in arguments. It's a sign that small wrongs have not yet been resolved. They still have stuck energy causing bitterness. That's why to keep a relationship healthy, it's important to acknowledge hurtful behavior, process it and forgive. Easier said than done, right? So why is it difficult to forgive? This goes back to why we have a grudge in the first place. It's because we feel like a victim. Being a victim, contrary to what many think, is a very comfortable place to be in. We're innocent, someone else has harmed us. We can pin all the blame on them and have no guilt. With time, however, doubt can come in. So like any victim, we need a protector. The good news is, all of us have a protector within us. It's called the ego. The ego doubles down on blaming the other person. Its job is to protect our self-worth. If something's gone wrong, it needs a villain. They're bad, we're good. If we try to find the truth, the ego twists the story in our favor. So the whole system within us works towards protecting our narrative and ensuring that we don't forgive. Let's now dispel a few myths that make it even more difficult to forgive. Here's one. Forgiveness means forgetting. But to forgive, we don't need to forget. We can still remember the incident, the lesson and everything else. By forgiving, the incident doesn't make us angry anymore. The stuck energy is released. Another myth is we need to talk to the other person to forgive. Maybe have this difficult conversation, thrash it out and then make up. Or maybe like in the movies, we see each other, forget our anger, embrace each other, tears in our eyes and forgive. All that can happen. But to forgive, we don't need to talk to the other person. We don't even need to see the other person. We don't even need to tell the other person that we've forgiven them. Forgiveness is an internal process that we do on our own. Some of us think that once we forgive, we need to go back to the relationship that we earlier had. Again, we don't need to. We can if we want, but it's not necessary. Lastly, some of us think by forgiving, we're approving of the other person's action. Forgiving does not mean approval. We can still judge the other person's actions as wrong, but still forgive for our own sake. Okay, so how do we forgive? To be able to forgive, one has to objectively understand what really has happened. This is difficult because we'll always have biased information about any argument. An argument is like an iceberg. Only 10% of what's going on is visible. The rest is hidden. Words exchanged are visible, but the intention behind them, the spirit in which they were said, and the underlying emotions are invisible. What complicates matters even more is that we know our intentions and feelings, but not the other person's. With this extra information, which is in our favor, we make biased judgments, even if we are trying to be objective. To make it a level playing field, 
the other person's intentions and feelings need to be uncovered. Deeper than this, there's another level of depth involved in every argument. The subconscious repressed stuff. Behavioral patterns, defining experiences, hidden fears and other blind spots. This includes our shadow as well, which we discussed in episode 26. All these subconscious influences play a huge role in how we view an argument, our judgments, our expectations. The deepest level is even more complicated because it's hidden even from us. So going back to the iceberg analogy, words spoken are on the surface. Intentions and feelings sit one level below the surface. Judgments and expectations sit at the deepest level. To figure out what really has happened, we need to uncover all that's hidden. Remember Tony, the guy at the start of the episode? Let's look at radical forgiveness through his story. We'll use a slightly altered version of the framework Tipling created. The first step is writing out our victim story. Tony wrote out why he felt like a victim. He was able to vent. It felt cathartic. Tony's friend had recently divorced. He wanted to be there for his friend during this tough time. But his friend made himself very busy. Business travel, holidays, partying. He was hardly around. They rarely hung out. Their lives diverged and their friendship turned sour. Tony would move many things around. Plans with his wife, kids, work and make time for his friend. Only to be stood up or a last-minute cancellation. Tony felt like a victim. While he was doing everything he could for their friendship, his friend didn't care. His friend didn't value him or the bond they had. The second step is writing out intentions and feelings. Tony felt insulted at being snubbed all the time. He felt hurt, angry, cheated, taken advantage of. His intentions were around saving the friendship. The third step is listing expectations and judgments. While doing this, Tony realized that many of his expectations were unrealistic. For example, expecting his friend to hang out with other couple friends, kids, and enjoy the same things he did when he was married, that was unrealistic. Tony felt upset with himself. Why did he expect his friend to remain the same after a divorce? He then went back to the intention section and made a note. His friend's intention wasn't to ghost Tony. Instead, it was to avoid couples. Tony also made many harsh judgments. There was one big judgment that he only realized four weeks later, which would bring about a huge shift. He judged his friend on his party lifestyle, seeing party photos regularly on social media. In reality, however, what upset Tony wasn't the partying, but the new group of friends that his friend had made. They all seemed to be thick, having so much fun together. Tony felt excluded, cut off, deserted. This hit a nerve. His reaction was very strong, disproportionately strong. As he thought about it, in all his failed relationships, the fear of not being included made him go slightly crazy and do unreasonable stuff. He still remembers in childhood and teenage years, friends and even family would exclude him secretly from their plans. And now he feared his closest friend was shutting him off. This fear made him weirdly needy and impose himself on his friend who himself was suffering. This insight was the turning point. Not only did Tony start seeing things more objectively, he uncovered a deep hidden fear that was affecting all his relationships. 
even with his wife, kids, parents, everything. Let's take a step back. Through this exercise, Tony's focus shifted from his friend to himself. And he realized the real issue was with himself, which needed to be looked at, not with his friend. Tony's energy shifted from victimhood to potential for huge growth now that he'd uncovered this deep insight about himself. He felt a huge physical release. Forgiving was very easy from this point on. One of Tony's core negative beliefs was being abandoned. Here are some other core negative beliefs that could be applicable to you when you do this exercise. Not being good enough. Not lovable. Not feeling safe to speak up. Unworthy. Or the thought that I must suffer. These are created early in life and often are the core drivers of our negative behavior. They also sit in the shadow. For more information on the shadow, you can refer to episode 26. Now, we may not always uncover a deep negative belief through this exercise. But even without that, one can find enough information to forgive. Some of us may go through this process and still feel like a victim and not even find any lesson for growth. What do we do then? We can then turn to compassion. Compassion is difficult when someone wronged you. But this story from Mr. Goenka, the man who popularized Vipassana, the 10-day retreat, might help. A big man was beating up someone half his size. An onlooker feels sorry for the victim, but he feels even more sorry for the big man. Imagine what this man must be going through inside his mind to commit such a ghastly act. That's what compassion is. It's a feeling, it's not intellectual. You could also use techniques that the great Dalai Lama suggests to find compassion. Close your eyes. Imagine the person's face. Zoom in and look deeply. Isn't he like anyone else? He wants to be happy. He wants to find peace. He's like any other human being. In other ways, to imagine them as a baby, young and innocent, who, like everyone else, wants to find happiness. Through any of these exercises, Compassion might emerge for you. So if radical forgiveness doesn't work, you could also try compassion. Bottom line, forgiveness is for ourselves. By releasing the stuck energy, we can be at our best in our relationships, in work, and in everything that we do. As an action step, you could take one grievance from an important relationship and explore it. In the show notes and the episode description, we'll drop a link to the Radical Forgiveness Worksheet. You could use this worksheet to explore the grievance. Give yourself 30 minutes and see what happens. For the same grievance, you might want to do the exercise a few times. Sometimes that helps. To be able to see how useful this is, you need to feel that physical release and see what it does to you. I hope it works for you. If you'd like the version that I made for myself, you can hit me up on sharad.lal at mylifehouse.co. Best of luck. Wish you a wonderful start to the year as you work towards forgiveness. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The next episode will be out two weeks from now on January 17th. Do join me for that. Till next time, have a wonderful day ahead. Bye-bye.